Hear that? It's the sound of you catching up on all the latest and greatest fintech news, trends, and updates thanks to Streetworthy, Yield Street's bi-weekly newsletter. Stay in the know with CEO Melinda Mahiri as he takes a closer look at what's happening in the fintech space, then breaks down what each story could mean for investors like you. Give your portfolio the edge it deserves and subscribe to Streetworthy on LinkedIn today. Welcome to The Yield, the official podcast of Yield Street. Every week, we bring you the latest market insights across our asset classes and products from subject matter experts. Our aim is to break the outdated mold of investing and help you add financial fuel to your ambitions through innovative investing products and strategies, typically unavailable to most investors. Realize your next level with The Yield. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. The views you are about to hear do not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street. This podcast is intended to be strictly informational and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a research report, investment advice, or the offer or sale of securities or any investment product. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Yield. I'm your host, Alfonso Ricciardelli. Today, I'm the director of financial content here at Yield Street. Before we start, just make sure you uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and that will help investors like yourselves find our show and interact with our incredible guests. And today, today it's an incredible day because I am talking to Alexei Sobolev, who's the CEO of Prozoro.sale, the world's most transparent e-auction system. And he's the president of CFA Ukraine. Alexei, welcome to the show. I can see you are in a podcast studio. Where are you, first of all? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Kyiv in Ukraine. And yeah, there's a small podcast studio to do podcast in. So Wonderful. So Alexei, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. I understand Kyiv is in better shape now than it was a couple of months ago. And the war has moved um, to the east. But please stay safe. Before we start, I wanted to acknowledge that some of the questions that I'm going to ask you today were prepared by my colleagues Nick Zavada and Tetiana Samokish, who are both Ukrainians and they heard about you and they wanted to participate. So virtually Great. they're there with they're here with me. And so just to start, you were sharing something with me before before we started the podcast about what's going on in Ukraine. Do you want to do you want to share it with our viewers as well? I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So th there were a couple of developments last, uh, like this week. So on the weekend, uh, for one, uh, Russia just bombed Kyiv with heavily missiles. They mostly struck uh, residential uh, apartments. Don't know exactly why they're doing that, but just, I guess, like one or two casualties we, we had there. Uh, we feel that Russia is a terrorist state and they just try to terrorize uh, us here. But then during the last two days, for example, we had zero air raids. So it goes from normal to, wow, terrorist attack, take cover. And Thank yeah, that's, that's how we live here. But then there's a good news today. Um, today, uh, Russia evacuated from the Snake Island, uh, which is a small island out of uh, southern Ukraine coast uh, on the Black Sea. And why is it important? Because uh, this island is near the shore and near the uh, line where the uh, cargo ships from Ukrainian ports usually go towards, uh, uh, towards Mediterranean Sea. So while Russia was controlling this island, they could control these routes and wouldn't allow any ships to go through for Ukrainian grain. 
and while they're surrendering this island back to Ukraine, which means that the Ukrainian grain might uh, be able to go through uh, to feed people all across the globe and to give revenues to Ukrainian economy. So good news for food prices. That's what you're saying. And so good news for inflation. Let, let's hope. Let's hope that 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 really materializes. And then you shared something about uh, you discussing with the with the central bank, and uh, and with the Ministry of Defense. And I'm I'm sure our viewers will be interested to hear some of your perspective on this. Yeah, yesterday we had the, with the CFA Society Ukraine we had a webinar on the war bonds. So there was Yuri um, Butsa, government representative for bonds, and the deputy head of the national bank, Sergei, and they talked about like how they see the economy, and what the strategy of uh, financing this deficit, because war is definitely costly. So as I understand, like this strategy of the Ministry of Finance was they actually finance the deficit uh, by printing money through national bank bought uh, government bonds for that. And nobody actually liked that, but it didn't increase inflation that much. So right now inflation in Ukraine is 20% compared to like 8% uh, all across the globe in developed countries. It doesn't sound that bad. But then um, they and they were spending also the uh, foreign exchange reserves that Ukraine had, and we were b- preparing for that for for the last like couple of years, and that's good. But right now, the big strategy is uh, to wait for uh, the international funds to come in, and that's what the aim and the the team of the uh, Ministry of Finance was working on. And we finally see these funds coming in this volume that would allow kind of to uh, stop printing and uh, the country to continue with the revenues from the grain. I guess the country would be much better economically shaped in September than it is now. So there's a good signs ahead and we hope that will uh, help us to finish the war uh, sooner. And, uh, and you also shared with me something about auctioning Russian tanks, right? captured or destroyed Russian tanks. How's that work? How's that going to work? Uh, yeah, so the funny thing is like just last week we received a, a UN award of a best public service uh, of uh, 2022 like that promotes sustainable like global goals that that UN has, right? So we're going to be and we're right now in discussions with the Ministry of Finance and NGOs that help the army to get the trophies from all those like uh, uh, burned up uh, Russian tanks to the auctions because we're an auction platform and uh, we electronic auctions we have many like charity auctions that help the army or the country why not do in the marketplace of like that so uh, we think it will take another month to do that but once we launch I think you will hear that in the news that's first and the second there's going to be a marketplace you would buy I don't know like if you if you have money for a burnout tank then you might buy one but then there are many more smaller pieces of Russian gear that's going to be up for sale for auction so so, so for please. our viewers uh, uh, you know before we put this on yield Street uh, on on the platform, which is, you know, we're not looking at doing that for the time being, but if you do want to buy a burned out Russian tank, now you have the platform to do it. That's great news and, and light news, which we all need. I want to uh, go back for a little bit, uh, Alexei, because I want to talk about your history, which is really interesting. Uh, you know, I was in Ukraine in 2014 when, uh, when Maidan happened, and uh, it was a time of great turmoil, but also a time of great opportunity. And, and I hear that at the time you were, um, you were a hedge fund manager managing uh, 250 million, which, you know, our viewers may not know that, but for Ukraine, for the Ukraine financial industry, it's a lot of money. 
and then you went from that to working for the government. And I think it's really interesting because there was back then a generation of Ukrainians that, that committed to public service and you were one of these people. Can you tell me a little bit more? Tell us, tell our viewers a little bit more about that time. Yeah, definitely. So if anyone would like to know more, there's a great documentary on Netflix, uh, uh, Winter on Fire, about this, like Maidan. So it was a really important point in, in my life, I guess. So at one point, our leadership, being pressured by Russia, said we're going to abandon all uh, European aspirations of uh, Ukraine and uh, we're not going to sign the uh, association agreement with Europe. And people took to the streets. So I was there from, from the day one and participated in all the events that, that were there. Sometimes it was scary, but uh, on the Maidan, this is the central square of the country, it was less scary than watching that in the news. So whatever I was scared watching the news, I just took to, to Maidan and uh, uh, was there. So we actually succeeded. So the guy fled, the, the corrupt president Yanukovych, he fled to Russia, of course, uh, and then Russia started the war. And we thought that many people of my generation, so I'm 38, now and many people of my generation said okay we help to get rid of the corrupt government now we have the country for ourselves so let's go and inform the country so i was looking for ways to go and help and actually found the um, the ministry of economy asked me to be his advisor and so i joined in 2015 uh, in february as an advisor to the minister of infrastructure oh sorry the minister of infrastructure and ripiovarsky asked me uh, to be his advisor so I joined the Ministry of Infrastructure and the main task was to look at the Ukrainian ports, the rail system, the, the post, all these infra big infrastructure uh, enterprises to understand what the like business problems were and uh, corruption problems were because uh, nobody understood that much of, of uh, in what shape they were. And that's how I got there and been working in the government ever since so that's been a while our plan was to just uh, go there for a year to do reforms quickly because we were not that experienced and uh, yeah we're optimistic you optimistic were excited. yeah because th that was the first time people from you know not not from the political elite were allowed to get into the government so it was really a close-knit group that uh, just switched sides and right now they allowed like ordinary people to get in and we said okay yeah there's we know what to do but actually to do that was was yeah that's six years since and i'm still doing that ukraine has moved a lot but yeah there's a lot to be done that's an extraordinary tale uh, of democratic participation, and I and I want to stress this uh, with our viewers. It's uh, it's an ex it's an extraordinary tale. It's truly a truly great story. And so let's talk about Prozoro. And I would uh, I'm actually very curious, and I'm sure our viewers are as well, to understand um, how is it to create a business solution like this one, like uh, and and run it, you know, in in Ukraine. Um, you know, in terms of like looking for capital and uh, and you know starting the business and managing it and and even to an extent, you know, ha you know, do the, doing this while having a job within the government, you know, that that must have been a challenge for you, Alexei. Yeah, it, it is very different. So we're at prozoro.sale. So this is a website you can uh, just type it in and uh, go uh, see it. So at the prozoro.sale, we're like a startup, like. Uh, an ordinary fintech startup but the the thing is that we're 100 uh, percent owned by the government and the government doesn't really provide you any capital so you have to fundraise 
not with the VCs or, or whatnot or investors. You have to fundraise with the donors, which usually like international organizations. And this is a completely different thing. And the other thing is that uh, since we are a state-owned enterprise, there's a regulation in Ukraine that all state-owned enterprises every quarter must submit, uh, pay out 80% of their net income as dividends to the government. So imagine running a startup that your, uh, that your uh, shareholder doesn't provide you any capital and then gets 80% of whatever you make every quarter. <laughs> so that, that was the challenge, right? How, how it is done in Ukraine? Uh, so uh, we pilot the system on NGOs, on non-governmental organizations to showcase that the system actually works. So the donors chip in, the business chip in. So everybody, or the starting capital was around like 100 or $200,000. What's good that it is cheap to do IT in Ukraine. And yeah. uh, there's like, you get bank for your buck and by employing Ukrainian uh, Ukrainians. And uh, so we, we did that for the first year and a half. The system did um, like 10 or 20 million dollars worth of transactions. It worked fine. It worked transparent. Uh, we didn't have any scandals and uh, it helped the government to actually sell assets. And the government then said, fine, we're going to take it. So um, we, we established the state-owned company. And uh, they appointed me the CEO and the non-governmental organization transferred this system to the state-owned company. And we st since then, we, th that was in 2018, and we're running this as a startup. It's been successful, but uh, uh, yeah, the war kind of uh, right now we're operating on 20% capacity and we're looking for uh, international markets. So if you want to use the most transparent system in the world for electronic auctions, we're welcome. And yeah, please drop me a line. <laughs> so how does it work? Um, Alexei, what's, um, what's, the actual, what's the actual mode? How does it work? Yeah, so we have two main innovations. So you understand eBay, right? So this is an auction system where people try to outbid each other for whatever the... It's not just the government selling, the businesses are selling. So we're selling non-performing loans, real estate. Uh, we're selling rights to lease anything. So licenses for oil extraction, whatever. So the, the first innovation is that it's 100% transparent. After the auction, you see all the data. You see the names of the bidders. You see the signed contracts. You see who bid what and when. So that helps to establish trust with any type of governmental transaction because anyone could check that the actual person who bid the most got awarded the contract you can read the contract it is sometimes people kind of from abroad they say wow can you do that actually does it hurt no it, it it never hurts anyone so throughout the six years of operation we haven't seen the actual case where this transparency would hurt people the other thing is that that's the first innovation. The, the second one is that we don't operate as a single website, like eBay, right? We connect 40 different eBays, Alibabas, uh, Amazons of Ukraine. So uh, we're just a system that connects their bidders so they could beat out beat each other. Why that was done? Because once you, in Ukraine, once you get one single website, one single point of entry, there might be like corruption there. So, because somebody would, un uh, would know all the bidders in advance. If you have 40 different websites, 40 points of entry, there's no way you can control that. And that also helps to increase competition. So we, we researched American market and you have like multitude of state-owned electronic auction websites that sell plenty of stuff. 
Nobody knows about them. Nothing. And we basically, you know, like aggregated all the data of those websites. And right now we have high competition and the government receives uh, uh, high prices. And the people don't go right. to, you know, shady website. They go to... Um, Government-owned website. And, yeah, and... They, they go to uh, Amazon, Ukrainian Amazon, and they will see our, uh, our own uh, goods that the government sells. And it's great because, again, this is all, it's all done for uh, these assets to be priced the right way and, and, to, and for the benefit of the Ukrainian people, which ultimately are the, benefit, are the beneficiaries of you know, the money that gets paid to buy public assets. And that, at least they should. And, I, you know, you made me chuckle when you talked about how Western European countries think that this is great because I, I come from a Western European country. I'm, I'm Italian which you know where where public auctioning is 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 a maze and uh, and and so i think something like that will actually be incredibly innovative in western europe so it's yeah. a it's a really interesting it's a really interesting product and a really interesting story so after the war started were there changes i mean you said you're operating at 20 percent. is there is there anything else that you you know that you know that the war had an impact on aside from you know probably the families and <laughs> Of the people yeah. working with you, uh, it, it did impact our business. So first, the first two months, uh, as we see, since the the system is transparent, you can go at our business analytics module at bi.prozor.sale and just look at the statistics, and you would see, you know, like the charts that it dropped. And then uh, in May it started uh, in starting uh, upward um, uh, moving. So there was like two months pause of, of people using the auction. Right now it gradually increases. Uh, but besides the usual activity that we do, like selling all those assets uh, that the people kind of stopped right now uh, to sell, we um, we developed several other things. One, we're building a marketplace for uh, business relocation and uh, so for the businesses that want to relocate from one part of the country to another and restart the business. So that's there. The second one is these charity auctions that help uh, humanitarian efforts, the army. We did already for uh, 10 million grivnas, which is uh, half a million dollars, something like that, uh, raised through the auction. Sold, wow. yeah, sold many different items and they pop up. And basically the biggest one was won by American. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so... The other thing is, um, what else? I guess, yeah, the, ah, and, and we're trying to do international stream. So to, uh, to sell our system internationally, we didn't have uh, any success so, so far, but it will take time definitely to get into uh, other markets. Yeah, that's what, what, what good. We were a 60 people team and nice. we managed to get the, the whole team together. We didn't fire anyone, just cut wages slightly. So we're hoping to get through this as a team because we understand that after the war ends, there's going to be like huge rebuilt effort of Ukraine. Sure. Lots of, you know, sharing, uh, uh, lots of uh, rearranging of the property and auctions would be important here. Yeah. So we will be needed. And honestly, it's it's great to hear that because we're, remember we're talking about a country at war. I'm reminding our viewers, but at the same time, there is optimism. There is uh, the feeling that that you know better times are going to come, and and that the country has to be prepared for those better times. So it's really great to hear that you guys are gearing up for these better times. Alexei, thanks so much for being with us. I just want to make sure that we touched upon every topic. And if there is any other uh, remark that you want to that you want to make before before we uh, we get to a close. 
Yeah, so I guess the first one is uh, whenever you hear about preserved sale in the news, that that's the probably when we launch this uh, tank sale. Just uh, be sure to go there and check it out for yourself because we're trying hard to get anyone like anything and you, you can uh, get your own trophy. The auctions are really like the easy, easy to participate in. The other thing is that we would thank for all the people who support Ukraine and we definitely feel that support uh, for the fight that we doing and we understand we're not fighting just for ourselves it's also for the values of the western world and you know like the war is bad and if the russia wouldn't gain anything by starting the war i guess that would make this world much more secure if kind of we fail i'm afraid that we're gonna see that repeat in, in other parts of the world so Please uh, understand that supporting Ukraine is not just supporting small country, whatever, uh, you know, it might be, is supporting the, the peace. Yeah. And I can add my, my thoughts to this, if I may. It has been great talking to you. Um, you are an extraordinary guest for us. And we, myself and um, the people here at Yield Street and our viewers, uh, I think will be excited to hear your story. I want to also thank all of our listeners and remember to visit yieldstreet.com to learn more about our offerings and come to realize your next level with us. You should also subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss a show. Thank you so much and see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. And please subscribe to Yield Street. Thanks. <laughs>